What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Rose 1 through 10. We're coming back at you with episode 135, uh, coming off a doubleheader of racing yesterday, uh, the late Daytona weekend that, that went into Monday. We'll definitely get to that in a little bit. Um, no sprint car action over the weekend to talk about. Um, those series were off, but we do have a, a special guest on the hotline from the sprint car world. Come back with us for third straight year, making an appearance on here. His first episode last year, uh, going to be the second episode this year. It's funny, uh, all our uh, analytics and stuff of like our most views that, uh, viewed episodes, you're up there, one and two, the top two spots. So he is the, the ratings god for us, nevertheless. But Mr. Justin Peck, back <laughs> with us this year to talk some high limits racing, whatever else you got going on. Looking forward to talking to you about it, but Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm feeling like I'm ready to double down. Yeah, you'll have yeah, a weekend coming up in Georgia. Uh, I know us fans here in the South, we uh, appreciate you guys making a, a, a trip down here this way. So, yeah, I think we're excited. Uh, new track. I haven't. I don't think I've seen sprint cars run there at Golden Isle. So, what are you looking forward to this weekend going there? Man, man it's uh... – you know, I always, I, I feel not only me. I feel like all sprint car drivers look at the uh, the late model crowd and go, "Man, those guys are fucking nuts," you know. And I think they think the same thing about us. So, I, I, it's always cool when you can go join the the late model crowd for you know a couple of days, weekend, whatever, whatever it is. And uh, that's probably what I'm most looking forward to about Golden Isle, man, is just seeing the crowd, feeling the atmosphere, um, you know, getting to interact with new fans and getting to hang out with some of our late model buddies. Uh, you know, it's gonna be pretty cool. It's uh. I mean, should put on a good show. Golden Isle always seems like it's a, it's one of the highlights throughout the year for the late mile side of things. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, it can be the same way for the spread cars. I, uh, I I personally I hate that I like I'm out of town here for a few weeks, and of course y'all are coming to Georgia, and the weather actually looks decent down in Georgia for once when y'all come down there because seems like every year y'all come down to Georgia, it gets rained out. It's definitely been the the last two or three years the way it's gone. And then they never end up making it back because, uh, like, the All-Stars were always supposed to open their season down there. But finally, some good weather for the Georgia folks who are in the sprint car world and their racing world. I know they're looking forward to it. But Was, uh, was that Golden Isle? We were supposed to go to Golden Isle, what, a couple years ago, I think, with the All-Stars? I can't remember. I know last year it was Sonoya, I believe. Yeah, I couldn't remember. But, That's what I thought. I knew we were supposed to go to Georgia. I just couldn't remember where we were going. Yeah, last was year it was – yeah, yeah, it was Sonoya last year, and then I think two years ago it was Screvin, because I remember three years ago you guys opened at Screvin, and I think they were supposed to go back two years ago, and that got rained out. That's just off the top of my head that I could be wrong, but that's that's if I remember right, that's what I remember. Yeah, I couldn't remember either. I knew we were supposed to go somewhere. I remember racing at Screvin, like 21, We we uh, the All-Star scheduled to go to Screvin, uh, before we went to Volusia and East Bay and did all that, and we actually got it in. And hell, after the races were over, we had ice on the hoods, and I mean, it was uh, ice on the wing caps. It was freaking. It was cold, so man. fucking cold. <laughs> so I was there for that one. It's so fucking cold. It was almost miserable. It was so cold. But they they put on a badass race, man. I'll tell you what, the cool guys at Scrub, and I I can't remember the gentleman's name that ran that facility, but he put on. A, uh, uh, a shrimp boil and we had dessert and man he fed us all the second day of that place and it was uh man it was just good old georgia hospitality you know what i mean it was, it was pretty cool oh it was the same way concession stands i remember they were selling like fresh like like 
uh, fried steaks and, and meatloaf and stuff like that. And they had like, you'd go up to the concession stand and pay like $10 and get like a whole buffet. And they had all sorts of like mac and cheese and collard greens. It was like, and that's just like for fans at the concession stands. Like I can't even remember, uh, imagine what kind of stuff they had for you guys, but I've never seen anything like that at a racetrack. So yeah, shout out to those guys. That was, uh, that was a pretty cool thing they had going on there. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was one of those things, man. Like, like I said, yeah, I don't, I don't remember really much about the race and I just remember rubber down one night and they made us food one day and there was ice on the wing caps after the races. But outside of that, I don't remember a whole lot. I just know that the Georgia guys treated us sprint car fans or our sprint car, us sprint car race was pretty, pretty good. So that was, uh, that made me want to come back, you know, and then it's a disappointment, man. Like two years in a row, we tried to go back to Georgia and it just, you know, didn't work out. I mean, we were trying to run in January, so you're kind of, at uh, the mercy of mother nature but um you know hopefully uh hopefully mother nature stays away this weekend man and we can put on some good shows with the late model guys that'll be pretty fun yeah it is good thursday night i always like the the midweek uh there the, of the high limit give us something to watch during the week and then you got a saturday night feature as well so yeah definitely looking forward to it i think everybody is uh race season's here everybody's excited about that but uh, we didn't really get to pick your brain late last year um, when kind of all this news of high limits and the all-stars emerging uh, came out. So just kind of what's your take on all that? I know you've been an all-star guy for a few years now, um, but what, what are your thoughts on just the high limits kind of taking over and now kind of rivaling the world of outlaws, if not surpass the world of outlaws? Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, I, it, it's one of those deals um, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I ran the all-star stuff and, and for the most part was, was really happy with the product those guys were putting out. And I think, I think Tony and, and, uh, the crew that he had assembled to run the all-star stuff, uh, you know, did a really good job from, from start to finish. Um, uh, just, just with the races that we that we were putting on, um, you know, from a, from a driver's perspective. And then also from, uh, you know, from a promoter's perspective, it was, it was something really cool. I felt like there was a lot of hype around the all-stars there for a while. And then, um, you know, the, it kind of almost died off last year and it made you kind of wonder why. And then, then you heard the, the rumblings of a high limit, this high limit, that high limit, buck the all-stars high limit, this, and it just kind of, kind of all made sense. And once the pieces kind of fell together um, and, and you start seeing the money that the high limit stuff's wanting to put up and, and the atmosphere that they're trying to build for each individual event. Um, it's, it, it's exciting stuff, man. It's a great time to be in the sprint car world, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, from a, from a car's perspective or, or a fan's perspective or a driver's perspective, I mean, there's more and more money getting pumped into the sport and more and more eyes getting, getting put on it. So it's, it's, it's as a whole, it's a really good thing for all of us, you know, and then, uh, you know, from, from, a from a driver's perspective, it's, it's pretty cool to get to race for that, that kind of money, um, night in and night out, really. Like I was just laying in bed the other day in a hotel room and, uh, one of the guys that works for us, Jake, was laying in the bed next to me, and we were just kind of thumbing through the schedule and just talking about it. And I went, man, there's a six-race stretch. I don't think we raced for less than $25,000. And he goes, yeah, and two of them pay 100000 to win. I went, yeah, and I think the other two of them pay 50000 to win. And then the one pays, you know, twenty five. It's like, holy shit, we're raising for some money, boys. Yeah, the the, the money's big time. And, and, and I mean, like, like we, we said last year – Plenty of times, and, and it's the truth. It's like, as oh, Derek just dropped. Um, I'll, I'll send him the link and let him jump back in here, but I'll keep talking in the meantime. But, um, yeah, I mean, we said last year, like, plenty of times, rising tide lists all sales. And I mean, that's the truth, uh, because like 
it, it, I, I compared it a lot of times to the, the, the PGA Live deal where Liv got started and started running their tournaments and stuff in, in the golf world. And the PGA just finds this magical pot of money out of nowhere and starts putting up more money to the players. And I mean, it's the exact kind of situation I feel like the outlaws were in where like, yeah, there were some guys who, who wanted more money to be at stake and a, a chance to, to make more profit out of this. And when high limits comes in and starts putting up that kind of money, uh, it's only better for the whole sport, whether you're an outlaw guy, a high limit guy, it's just going to get more money and more competitiveness going into the, the, the sport as a whole, no matter what series you're affiliated with. Yeah. And you're, and you're a hundred percent right. It's, um, it's almost kind of monkey see monkey do in, in a sense, but um, here's one thing I will say at the end of the day, uh, you know, Tom Book and I had this conversation a couple of times. It's, um, you know, you go look at, you go, you know, go back, going back to the golf reference. Um, who won the last live tournament? Cause I have no idea. <laughs> you know yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and then, okay, well, who won the Genesis last weekend? Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and nine times out of 10, a golf fan is going to say, Oh, well, you know, so-and-so won this tournament, so-and-so won that tournament. Okay, well, what team won the live tournament? Uh, you really have no idea. And, um, you know, from that aspect, it, it kind of makes you question, um, you know, who – where's the prestige at? You know what I mean? And um, that's one thing I think that, you know, Larson and Brad did did, did right with the, with the high-limit deal is um, you took two guys that already have that notoriety and that prestige behind them um, from winning outlaw championships and winning Kings Royals and winning Knoxville nationals and winning, you know, everything that our sport has to offer. Um, and then you combine that into an ownership role. And now all of a sudden you have this great product, like the high limit. Um, I think they're going about it, you know, the right way. Um, but the one thing I will say to that is too, is what's, uh, you know, what's every kid's goal when, you know, when, when they realize they want to go sprint car racing, they want to try and be a professional race car driver. What's, uh, you know, what's the goal? And all of them will say, I want to be on the outlaw tour. I want to win an outlaw championship. And, you know, I don't, uh, I, I just see, I, I foresee that in the next couple of years, guys are going to start saying, well, I want to run the high limit tour. I want to win a high limit championship. And, um, you know, it, I think that's pretty cool. And uh, I'm glad to be a part of that. And I hope, I hope we can help build that you know from my from my my perspective as personally but also my team's perspective um i hope that we can you know be a part of that legacy and 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 hope to help build that from uh for for high limit and um you know the next big thing really for high limit is you know getting the uh prestige and the events that they're promoting and you know they've got gold cup out out west and um they got like the don don martin silver cup out and out in Lernerville and um you know if they can build some of those events up um, you know, like they're trying to do with Dirt Cup out at Skagit. I mean, it pays a hundred thousand to win this year, and it's a uh, high limit sanction. If they can build a couple of those events up to be, you know, as prestigious as say Knoxville Nationals or Kings Royal or National Open, it's um, it's going to be hard to deny, you know, that they're uh, either a on the same level as the Outlaws or even higher. Yeah, I think it'll just take some time. Uh, like like you said, the Outlaws have been around since the seventies, so they have that notoriety, but. Give it a few years, and, and the, the high limits will get some get some traction. I think. Yeah, and it's it's cool. Like I said, I, I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. I think there's no doubt about it that they'll be on that level at some point. And um, you know, they got a lot of firepower behind them. I mean, Brad, uh, you know, Brad Brad's a five time and defending, uh, you know, one of Outlaws champion. He's won Knoxville. He's won Kings Royal, and you know, Kyle's done all the same things minus winning Outlaw Championship. And 
uh, you know, really the only reason for that is just because he's been out there chasing cup championships. And, um, you know, if you got those kind of guys behind you leading the way, uh, you know, I think we're all kind of following suit in that aspect. And, um, you know, we all just want the best. At the end of the day, I feel like all of, I can speak for all of us drivers and, 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 uh, and say that we all just kind of want what's best for the sport. And uh, we're here to try and grow that however we, however we can. For sure. So you you went down there and kicked off the season in uh, in Volusia last week, though, and then the East Bay went to high limits. Had a hell of a run last Thursday in Volusia, but just like those uh, those four nights in Volusia when you're running, what was is is there because just from the outside perspective, it seemed like everything was kind of like playing nice, like looking on social media and everything. Was there any sort of tension or anything there? Was was everything pretty cordial for the most part? But between the two different series and, and uh, how the, the outlaws, you know, treated you guys coming in and everything, like was everything good with that? Was, was anything interesting with that go on, I guess, like, or was that all pretty good for the most part? Yeah. I mean, and not that I noticed, um, you know, at least like I said, from, from my perspective, uh, you know, I'm a quote unquote high, high roller, full time, whatever. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sprint car driver. And, and I want what's best for everybody individually as far as I want what's best for the Outlaws. I'd love to see their series continue to grow and, and, and stay who they are as the predominant um, sprint car series and, and what everybody knows. But um, I also want to see High Limit rise to that occasion like they have been doing and, um, and exceed their expectations that people have set on them and, and rival the Outlaws. And, um, and I think that's, for the most part, what everybody wants that's involved with High Limit. And I feel like we uh, – yeah, like I said, we we just kind of want what's best for sprint car racing, and I I didn't see any any uh, controversy between any any uh, sanctioning bodies or any drivers within sanctioning bodies. Um, you know, I'd I'd roll into the uh, to pill draw every day, and you know, it's hey, how you doing? How's it going? And we talk like you know we're uh, like we're best friends, like we've always been. And then you go get paid at the end of the night, and it's uh, it's much or less the same. So um, it seemed all good to me, and um, I hope uh, I hope we can kind of keep that ball rolling and we we don't have any controversy in the future because uh you know at the end of the day controversy is just not what's good for our sport and um if we can kind of support each other and um you know keep continue to grow continue to grow uh you know each uh each company um together i think that's just uh that's how that's how we uh better our futures yeah right on with that um i was gonna ask uh so with the high limits this year, are are there a lot of holdover people, like not drivers, but like people working with the series from the All Stars? Like, is it kind of like a merging of of the two series more, and you you have the same people, or is it kind of like a whole new crew with the high limits, and most of the faces from the All Stars have gone elsewhere? It's kind of fifty fifty. I mean, you know, we've got guys like uh, like Kevin Nash, you know, who was who was a uh, race director last year for the, for the all-stars. And, um, you know, he's still working with high limit, um, you know, and you got guys like that. Then um, you see guys like Mike Hess, who's been with the outlaws the last couple of years, you know, he's race director for the high limit. Um, and then like, we've got Kendra Jacobs also. So, uh, you know, she's been around sprint car racing forever. And, uh, you know, she's got a list of, of uh, done this, done that in the sport. So um, it's just, it's just a good group of people that, that have been in the sport for a long time and specifically our, our side of racing, you know, dirt sprint car racing. And, um, it, it's good to see really, because it, uh, you know, people that, that know their job and know how to do it well. And, uh, you know, like, and so to say, you know, you got guys like Chase Rodman and, and Tony Laporta too, like even on the mic, I mean, Chase has been around 
you know, open wheel racing for as long as I can remember. And um, same with Tony Laporta. I mean, I thought he did a great job when he went and announced for USAC and then went and did the world racing group stuff the last couple of years. And um, now we've been fortunate enough to have those guys on the high limit side. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it, like I said, it's kind of a list of who's who on the, uh, you know, on the series side of things on, on, uh, you know, the specific jobs that need to be done night in and night out. And, um, it's been pretty cool and, and kind of same for high limit. I mean, it's much or less of the same for those guys. I mean, they've got a lot of returning guys that, you know, work for their series and get up and down the road, just like the rest of us do. Um, and they're doing a great job as well. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's, I did not think I was one of those guys that along with most everybody else on Twitter that had, that were keyboard warriors saying, well, there's not enough guys to fill this. There's not enough guys to fill that. And, you know, I kind of had the same thought. I said, man, I, I hope they all find, you know, good candidates for jobs. And um, they've all seemed to have done that. So it's, uh, it's well exceeded my expectations. Yeah, no, they, they've killed it with that for sure. Derek keeps having issues falling in and out of here, by the way. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. But, um, yeah, I was, yeah, we love Chase. You mentioned him. He's been good to us, and uh, we, love ha- we love having him on here. Um, Derek's resetting his stuff right now, by the way, so he'll be back on here in a few minutes. He's having the technical difficulties, of course. But uh, all good there. Uh, next, I was going to ask you about, about last year and, and some of the, the wild wrecks you had and the injuries, man. Obviously, you had the one at Bridgeport back in May, and then uh, you had a hard one at, at Knoxville in August, man. Kind of some wild rides last year, man. But especially the one at Bridgeport where you kind of – you were out for some time, I believe. What did you miss, like – I think you missed like two weeks, did you? Or Yeah, it was a couple uh, weeks. I, I really don't remember now, two, three, four weeks, something like that. Yeah, I remember you missed a little bit of time. And shame what could have been the, the, the fact that it probably would have been a strong contender to win that championship if, if, if not for that time. I mean, you and Sunshine both ended up missing time with injuries last year that, that uh, – kind of knocked you out of that battle a little bit but man like how was it last year i mean that was that was a gnarly wreck man and a lot of people were worried about you but you made it back pretty quick and everybody was happy to see you back but what was it like just the aftermath of that and coming back from it and everything uh just take us through that whole process so the wild part about the bridgeport wreck was i remember i i slightly remember the whole thing so i uh I, I remember I, so I'd started eighth. So it was only top six in the dash that night. And, uh, Brent Mark started seventh and I started eighth and Anthony Macri had started fifth. And I don't remember who I started behind. I started, I want to say it was Freddie Rammer, but that's not, I don't think that's true. Cause I'm pretty sure Freddie started on the front row that night, but whoever it was, doesn't matter. So we all take off and I'm on the out. Like I said, I'm on the outside of Brent and I'm following whoever was in the sixth. And I cannot remember. And then, Brent kind of got a slightly better start than I did. So he kind of had a wheel on me and Macri had like spun his tires and I might've clipped, he either clipped an infield tire or he hit like the grease that was on the dead bottom. And he long story short, Brent and him ended up hitting bumpers. Like, like Brent kind of hit his rear bumper and Macri was like sliding sideways and then got tight. And it all, it all kind of sent Macri up in like up, up high. And I was right there by this point, I had had a wheel on Brent and it, and Macri like he got his bumper hooked or whatever happened so he kind of got up into me and I I remember looking at the fence and I hit the fence and I like with the nose and then it was just like I just remember I I knew I was flipping and then it was like bang I woke up and when I woke up my head was like almost laying on the steering wheel and I couldn't move my head because my seat was bent forward and I got up 
and I tried to grab a hold of the cage and the cage was gone. So it's like, Oh my God, what the hell just happened to me? You know? And, uh, so long story short, I, I, I went to the hospital, did all that. And I had a buddy of mine named Bill come pick me up and Bill took me back to his house, which is just down the street from our race shop. And I had called Kurt to come pick me up because me and Kurt lived together or, well, did live together at that time. And, uh, my crew chief, Sean, was with him, too. So the two guys that worked for Boog Motorsports is Kurt and Sean at that time. And they both came and picked me up. And I knew – and, you know, Sean's got a wife and kid at home and a dog. And, like, you know, he does the family thing. So, like, when he came and picked me up, I knew. I'm like, oh, my God, something really bad happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, long story short, I remember telling him, I'm like, yeah, well, we got two cars ready to go. Like, we're going to race the next day. And when I got up the next day, everything was, like, black and white. And – I had, I really did not know where the hell I was at. And, uh, it was a scary deal, man. And, and, uh, long story short, I got in touch with Dave Blaney, a friend of mine. And, uh, Dave hooked me up with this guy named Dr. Collins out in Pittsburgh. And, uh, he's a concussion specialist and that's what he does, you know, for the most part. Uh, Dale Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Same guy, Mickey Collins. And, He's, uh, he's great, man. And, and I never, ever thought I would have been back from that wreck in two and a half weeks or three weeks or whatever the hell it ended up being. But, um, sure as shit, man, I followed the regimen that he gave me and followed the diet and everything. And, and, uh, you know, I felt 100% when I got back in that race car and it, it, it's just crazy really to, to think about. I mean, I've, I've had way, way less severe concussions and been, and, and six weeks later when I got back in the race car, I didn't feel right. And Mickey, uh, you know, Mickey, Mickey's a good dude, man. I mean, he hooked me up and he knew what he was talking about. Right on, man. And, and then, uh, yes, yeah, so you were able to come back from that pretty quick. And then you had the scary one at, at Knoxville too, then, then in August, man, but believe, yes, he still raced the rest of the week there. Didn't you? It's hard to remember. That's all so many months ago, but I believe he came back and raced. That, that week did you not yeah so that was a um, that was a, a really messed up deal so i we had a great fucking night going man i'm, I'm pissed off talking about it but we had a <laughs> we had we were second quick and then i went eighth to second in the heat race like high point guy going into the feature and just like sean and i my crew chief and i had this whole strategy planned out it was like i'm not gonna force anything as long as i finish the race, I should be in the top five, top six in points. And where I was running at the time, I was fifth or fourth. And if I had just finished there, I'd have been on the pole in the Oxford Nationals. And I uh, I had to lift a couple times throughout that race for some guys throwing sliders. And I just – I flipped the switch, and I saw red, and I was saying, you know what, fuck, fuck it, basically, and I'm going for it. And uh, I tried to squeeze a little spot that probably wasn't there and uh, end up – but you know – bumping wheels with with uh with little hod and uh ended up in the fence and you know what was weird about that wreck is i didn't hit my head at all i just completely tore my body up like at bridgeport my body was totally fine but my head was messed up and then that that wreck was the exact opposite my head was totally fine and it was on my body and uh you know me and one of my good buddies parker price miller we 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 uh we share a camper together when we go to knoxville and you know you can talk to him about it but i didn't uh man, I didn't get off the couch the whole time. I didn't get off the couch. I didn't get out of my bed. Yeah, I could, I, I barely, I really could hardly walk. And it, uh, you know, we ended up being on the pole to B main and won the B main. And, um, I, I, we didn't have a very good run in the feature, but I was shot, you know, my, my body was done at that point. And it was just a miracle really to be racing. But, um, 
you know, I feel bad for my guys and Avani and Pella window and all those guys. Cause Avani had sponsored the Capitani nationals and everything. And, um, you know, Pella and Avani all had suites and stuff for that race. And, uh, you know, it was just disappointing the way it all worked out, man. We, uh, we had a really strong piece and, and really could have, uh, you know, if we just weren't crashing, if I just didn't crash race cars, I mean, we'd have been in contention to, you know, possibly win Knoxville nationals that week and just, uh, just didn't work out, but, all in all, uh, you know, we've got the same great partners back, like I said, with Pella Window and Avani, and uh, hopefully put in another strong showing this year. Yeah, right on. Tough son of a bitch for sure, man. Those are both uh, scary, but you're able to, to bounce back pretty quick from both of them, man. So shout out to you for that. Hopefully we can hopefully we can avoid that this year. We don't, yeah. we don't need any more of those. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, and you, hey, I wanted to mention – Look at look at all the old school guys, man. That's part of the game. I mean, those guys, they'd have fucking busted their head like I did at Bridgeport, but back in the race car the next day. So you talk about tough sons of bitches, man. Look at the look at look at old Scruffy and guys like that and old Asoski, man. I mean, those guys those guys were true badasses and uh I like to think we're kind of glorified pussies nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean that's one way to look at it, but I I'm I'm glad at least there's a there's a there's a little bit more of a culture of at least uh looking out for the domes these days. So I, I think that's, that's probably a good thing for all parties involved. But um, yeah, I wanted to mention too, you guys got uh, the new paint scheme this year with Avani being the, uh, I guess that the anchor partner, the red car, man uh, looks nice, man. Uh, how'd that all come along? I guess they just step it up this year and want to be the, the main partner. And then the, the red car, how do you feel about that kind of, get used to seeing the the yellow machine out there but i guess that won't be the case most of this year yeah i mean you know we'll uh like i said we'll still have some yellow you know we'll still have some yellow stuff just with uh you know with our races that uh we're partnered with pella windows and stuff but um you know as a whole with the bonnie windows and doors i mean we're gonna be we're gonna be red most of the time so uh you know they've been they, they've been a partner of mine for a couple of years now and um the last two years uh being a part with book motorsports so uh, you know, Jerry Petty with Avani Window has been been awesome to deal with, man. I mean, if I had a dream sponsor, I, I I never knew what a dream sponsor was until I got one, but it would it would be Jerry Petty and Avani Windows. <laughs> I mean, he's so easy to work with, man, and um, just basically gives us kind of all the tools we need to be successful. And um, you know, he kind of wanted to, you know, more red on the car, and um, you know, we weren't going to tell the guy no. I mean, basically, what it comes down to is. Um, you know, you've been, you know, a guy that treats you right and, and, uh, you know, kind of lets you do what you need to do to be successful. You know, you, you, you need to keep those guys happy. And, um, you know, like I said, he's been so awesome to us that we, uh, kind of wanted to do something for him that, um, you know, would make him happy and make it, make his company happy. So, uh, that's kind of how that ended up. And, um, you know, a late addition there to the sponsors was uh, water trimming by design and, uh, you know, he was all, he's all over the hood now. Um, but you know, at one time that was just coastal race parts and, um, that probably had a little bit to do with the red also. So, um, you just a combination of guys we've, we've seen to have built, um, uh, you know, in the time that I've been in the 13 deal, uh, just as far as partners go has been, uh, nothing short of amazing to be honest with you. And, um, you know, if you'd asked me, you know, this is my fourth year now. Well, no, that's not true. This is, yeah, this is my fourth year now with Duke Motorsports and, um, I mean, if you'd asked me four years ago, you know, where are you going to be at in, in four or five years? I said, I have no idea. Probably being a fireman somewhere or still working at Hoosier Tire like I was doing or whatever the case was. And, um, you know, now I'm fortunate enough to be a professional sprint car driver and, you know, get to travel up and down the road, uh, just focusing on what I got to do to try and be successful on a racetrack. So 
you know, it's been pretty cool. And, uh, you know, Vonnie's been a full supporter for most of that time. And Coastal Race Parts has been a, you know, supporter that, that entire time. So, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. It's been pretty cool. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Oh, yeah. We got a Golden Isle this weekend, but we got 60 races over 36 different tracks. What, uh, What's what's the race you're looking forward to racing this most this year with the high limits? Kokomo, man. Kokomo is my favorite track of all time, man. I uh, I'm all, you know Indiana boy, and uh, I love that place, man. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to the most for sure. All right, yeah, it's May 14th at Kokomo, so you'll see Justin Peck there. Uh, Travis, you got anything else before we let him get get out of here? Um, no, nah, yeah, I don't have anything more to ask, man. Just uh, other than just pre- like I said, appreciate you for for hopping on here again, and. If- if you got anything else you want to talk about or, or plug or, or whatnot before you get off of here, the floor is yours. But yeah, we do uh, do appreciate it as always, man. And, and like always, we'll be uh, we'll be pulling for you this year. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on again, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can do it again for round four next year. Yeah, we'll yes, sir, absolutely, maybe, year, man. Yeah, maybe later this year. Definitely, yeah. if. Uh, you find yourself in the news or, or anything, probably be hitting you up and seeing what you got going on. So sounds good. Uh, I just gotta win more races. That's the ticket. <laughs> hopefully, Man, hopefully you, the rows one through ten rub here. <laughs> I'm about to say, yeah, we we like I mean you've you've done you've done a lot of winning. Like we've had Brent on here and he's won some big ones. We've had Logan, he won some big ones. Like like we we this is this is a winner's podcast, so and you're 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 one of our uh, one of our top guests for sure. Like I said, you got the two most viewed episodes, so you're definitely uh, you're you're definitely up there. Hopefully, we can we can give you the rub and, and get you some wins in Georgia this weekend. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think uh, so. So when I was on this podcast last year, it was it was either right at the beginning of March or right at the end of February. And then uh, I think that next weekend, I went we went to uh, Lincoln Icebreaker and we ended up winning. So hopefully, that's a good karma. I'll be I'll be back in a winter circle at Golden Isle. That's right. This is a winner's podcast, man. <laughs> That's it. I'll just be calling you fuckers every time I need a win. Well, where are your lucky rabbit's foot? Yeah, that's what I'm going to start saying. I like it. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Well, appreciate you as always. Thanks for the time, man. And, and good luck this weekend and this season. I'm sure we'll be in touch with you. Yep. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one. See yes, sir. Absolutely. See you. See you. All right, we thank Justin for joining us, man. Uh, love talking to that guy. He's awesome. He gives us great answers. Seems to really enjoy talking to us. He's a genuine dude. We met him in person a couple years ago a couple times. He's super nice to us every time, man. So He's the man. I love that guy. I hope to see him rack up some trophies this year. Yeah, hopefully, like, like we talked about, we can give him some good luck. And and hopefully some of y'all fans will be pulling for him, watch him on the High Limits Tour this year. He's definitely a fun personality to watch. As soon as he gets out of the race car, that man is going to have a cold motor light in his hand and and be telling you how he feels about the race. So, uh, like you said, great personality. Love to 
that he's a fan of the show and uh, that we get to talk to him kind of whenever whenever we want. So, yeah, appreciate him stopping by uh, as they head into Georgia this weekend. But we can uh, recap some racing that we saw from Daytona. It was a long weekend of racing uh, and racing. Oh. Two days, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just we really yeah, didn't have It was a long, long two days of racing. I mean, yeah. at least we tore some shit up over the weekend. But, uh, yeah. We, did, you, did you make it to the end of that Xfinity one last night, or did, did you did turn not. in? As soon as the first yeah. big one happened. I, I guess the second big one, because really the first big one. but There were a few big ones. Uh, not the one where Suarez got caught up, but when Jesse Love turned in front of the field and – tore a bunch of shit oh, yeah. up. that's the one where I, tore, i'm out i'm out yeah they tore some shit up last night that was a that was a late one but yeah let's get into it we can break it down uh usually just go in time order it's the best way for me to remember shit so, so i guess we start with arca because I, I like i don't we don't i mean i just wanted to mention the arca stuff like we don't need to get in a full breakdown on the race i mean i guess it technically is after trucks but either way i, I did just want to mention Justine, that that dude's a prick. Like, I don't know if you saw how how that whole deal went down, but uh, so he tells his teammate Jake Finch that they're going to do a teammate restart. Oh yeah, teammate restart deal. Play him at the, yeah, I mean, he, apparently, I mean, he was racing like a clown from the drop of the rag because he wrecked his teammate Bridinger, and she was not happy about it. She wouldn't. Even yeah, no, no, him by I name. Was all- so I was on her side. I was on her side. With that I, said, I, like, I don't know what, what all happened. I said, I went to bed after the trucks as well. I saw them start wrecking early. Like again, Gustine started that first wreck. So, uh, but yeah, uh, he, he told, he told Jake Finch on the radio, they were going to do a teammate <laughs> restart and then they come to one to go and he just never lets him down for the teammate restart it ends up getting Jake Finch wrecked after he dominated the race. So, I mean, you always have your people on Twitter, like, oh, it's fucking racing. But it's like, I don't have a, I have no problems with it. if he doesn't want to do a teammate restart, go ahead. But don't, yeah, don't say you're on the radio. And then don't know do it. Yeah. If that's, you agree to do that, it, you that, should, that's, that's a, okay, yeah, we're going to do it. And then we'll race. That's shitty. Yeah, yeah that's shitty. Especially, especially right. when Jake had, had raced him great and, and been a, a great teammate to him all day. And he turns around and does that. I, I thought that was pretty shitty. So sure. I just wanted to mention that. Yep. I mean, I said, what are you going to do? These kids, all everybody's spoiled in the garage. So, yeah. I heard Corey LaJoy LaJoy, LaJoy say on his podcast last week that they call the Arca Daytona the Oregon Denner 200. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That's about right. I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty bad. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I don't really have much uh, on that. I do shout out to Big Willie Mullins, the local team here from Fredericksburg. They were sat on the pole for that race. Um, dude, he had one of those. Did you see that save he had? Yeah, awesome save. Dude, dude. Had. holy shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, shout out to them for doing that. Small team that could. Uh, they said going down there and sitting on the pole, and that was pretty cool. Uh, and, and they even raced pretty good for, for the most part from what I saw um, until they got caught up in a wreck. Like I said, that seemed to be the theme of the weekend. Uh, but, yeah. That's what I said. I didn't. I didn't really watch much of the arc. I fell asleep when I saw enough carnage from for a Friday night uh, after the truck race. So yeah, let's. You want to talk some trucks? Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah. Speaking of a lot of wreck shit and spoiled kids and ever basically everything you just said about Arca, you can 
slap it onto this one too. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, certainly, I mean, the last two truck races that we've had, it's just been absolute embarrassment um, for the for the series. So they they got to get it together, and and it's unfortunate they're going back to another drafting track this weekend. Certainly for some of them small teams, the the guys that really it's not their fault that they their shit got torn up. Uh, you know, just some some of the guys just in innocent bystanders. So you hate it for those guys if they get torn up again this weekend. It's gonna be a Definitely a long start to the year, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do, how you fix it, but it wasn't good. Um, I just, I mean, the truck seemed really unstable in the pack. I will give, say that. So it's not necessarily, I don't think necessarily all on the drivers, but when the trucks are that unstable, you can't just be pushing from the drop of the flag like they have been. So, well, and like, I believe they still have the rule. Like you're not, you're not supposed to lock bumpers, and that's supposed to prevent a what a lot of what we saw. But we still saw like crazy pushes and, and guys locking bumpers and all. And I mean, you uh, got to be on somebody's bumper for like a lap for them to really call that. I feel like these days. Yeah, like yeah, no, exactly. They they don't call that because I mean, you remember like there's a couple restarts there at the end where like Corey pushed Raja like half a second out in front of the field. Yeah. Locked onto him and they weren't calling it. So, I mean, but yeah, they were. And I mean, I don't think NASCAR the... wants to be put in that box either. You know what I mean? Like, because I mean, maybe they should gonna... call it. But they know. Yeah, that I mean, maybe that's... that's that's how you gain momentum. So they're going to push. So it's like, you know, you just don't. You want less balls and strike calls. You know what I mean? So you don't want something like that to determine the race. That's a, not a good look either. So, but yeah, maybe they do need to start enforcing it a little bit harder. Um, for some of these guys that cause so many wrecks, so. And, and I've, I've said before, like, I you know I'm team chaos. Like I enjoy when things get a little crazy, and and but it, it's there's a difference between like chaos and like we can't run a lap under green, like without. I mean, it was the same way in this race last year. And this race got. I mean, we were there last year. This race got rain shortened, and they ran. You know, they only ran half the laps or so. And then half those laps were under caution. It's like, what are we even doing out here? I mean, we felt like we wasted our money when we went to that one last year. We went to this one last year. So no, nah, we were, we were on yeah. the way down last year. We didn't get to make it for this race. No, I was twenty two when well, me and I, you went. Oh well, I mean, I I wasn't there last year then. Yeah, that's how I was saying we as the the people I was with. So, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, but they they got to get it together. Hopefully they put on a better show this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I know obviously Raja kind of the optics of it looks like he caused the big wreck, but I mean, I think it's just you, the at the end of this deal. You know, you're coming down to the end of a Daytona race. Everybody's pushing. He's getting a huge push from behind. And I think it just got his car up out of the racetrack there, and and you know, I mean, he did cause it. I was about to say, I don't think there are any optics well, I mean, he, about it. He caused it. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think he. he it's not like he purposely drove up the racetrack. It's like he. No, it looks like he. It looks like he just lost it. Like, that's what I'm saying. He got the pushes were too big, and he got pushed off a of two at a bad spot, and it got the car out of control, and he kind of lost control of it. So that's what happened. It's not like he just went up the racetrack to like try to block or something stupid. So, uh, yeah, I mean, bad look for Raja, but I mean, like I said, it's just one of those deals. I think you move on from it. It's not like you take anything away from it. So interesting that him and Bubba had that conversation afterwards. I was 
would like to hear what Bubba told him. Um, certainly the way he pulled him away there. So that was interesting. Yeah, Twitter was was playing detective about that one. That was pretty. I think it was just one of those things where, again, Raja is in his second year full time in the trucks in a pretty high profile ride. Um, you know, it's got the HendrickCars.com on the side. Hendrick, Mr. H called them right after the race on Friday saying, great job, you know, finish, finish second. So, uh, but yeah, I think it was just Bubba pulled him to the side and was like, yo, bro, you, you just wrecked the field. Like, it's not all gravy, you know, like, you know, you, I know you didn't mean to wreck the field, but you just wrecked up a lot of shit. So I think it was just one of those things like, hey, just keep your emotions in check here. And, uh. Yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't really. I said I wasn't reading too much into it, but uh, yeah, just interesting. Yeah, no, I, I was I was more fascinated by the the Twitter de- detective. Like I knew it probably wasn't anything, but people were were very invested in it. So I just thought that that was pretty funny. Like every other person tweeting, like, "What was this? What was that about?" Like anything was, Bubba was, Wallace does has everybody's attention. Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, everybody's infatuated with Bubba, whether they like it or not. No, that's that's a hundred percent. So that's I'll, yeah, I'll like, leave it at that. But yeah, any more on trucks? The crazy wreck there at the end. Glad to see. Uh, I guess it was Taylor Tanner, one of the gray boys there that flipped. Uh, glad to see he was up out of the out of the truck. That was a pretty wild ride. Um, up and over there on the back stretch. Yeah, glad he's okay. But um, yeah, then we had a lot of rain all weekend. I mean, I guess yeah. if we're going in chronological order, do you want to go five hundred first, or do you just want to knock yeah, Xfinity I mean, out? I, even though I mean, we can knock Xfinity out because I didn't really see much of it. You can kind of give us the recap. I mean, yeah, it was a good race. A lot of chaos too. A lot of torn up race cars there too. But just more credit to, to Austin Hill, man. Like, what more can you say? I mean. Uh, sadly, you're 0 for 1 in your Xfinity playoff predictions. We are. First off. But we'll take the change that we won last night. Yeah, for sure. Um, basically, help just helped cut into my debt from all my 500 picks losing. Yeah, you got but, um, 500. Yeah, I had a, t- I had a tough 500 betting wise. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he, dude, he came from the back three or four times, man. It's freaking crazy. I mean, I. I, and I tweeted off the account. It's like he's playing this shit on super difficult mode, and it's, he's playing like, it on easy mode. Yeah, not, it, it, play, not yeah. difficult mode, easy mode. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. But yeah, I, yeah, I guess I just said that wrong. But 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 no, nah, it's it, it, it's insane, dude. And it's like every time he goes to the back, it's like you you don't even question like, oh, is, is he going to be able to work his way through this one? It's like no, nah, he'll be back up there, like. As a guy who had money on him, it's like every time he got sent to the back, I wasn't even, like, pissed or freaking out. Or when he got swept up in that wreck, I'm just like, okay. Like, okay, he's not tore up. Okay, All right, he'll be back up there. He's still on the lead lap. Yeah, yeah. that's like, when I fell asleep when, when he got just a little bit of damage from the 20 in that, that early wreck. Um, but, yeah. Then he, had that, he had the pit penalty. I don't know if you saw the clip where he got – he, like – he came on the pit road and like accidentally kept it in third gear and came flying down pit road at about a hundred miles an hour. No, nah, I said uh, that's about all I saw from that race was that last wreck or that first wreck. Yeah, he got he got hung up in third gear coming down pit road and came flying down pit road. It's it's a pretty wild moment, but 
I mean, yeah, like I said, and then he got sent to the back one more time, another pit penalty. I believe, and he just every single time he, he comes from the back, he finds a way, and it's like it was never in doubt. Like you, you knew he's gonna find his way back up there. Like the guy's insane. Like I've I've never seen dominance to to his level. Uh, in any series, really, where it's just like whenever you go to the super speedway, like either he's going to win or he's going to lead a lot of laps and get caught up in somebody else's wreck late going for the win. Or he's like, but he will always be a factor. And it, it, it's, it's insane. And, and it goes to show it's like for people who say like a uh, super speedway racing's all luck. It's like, yeah, there's luck involved, but just to say it's all luck is just bullshit. When you have a guy like Austin Hill, who's just winning these things at, at will, it kind of, Takes away from that argument. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other guy I bet on was Sheldon Creed, so I was hoping Sheldon got him there at the end because they're coming to the white flag and Austin was leading. And Sheldon had a hell of a push, so I was hoping Sheldon got him. And they were coming down the back stretch, and Sheldon was right on him. And I texted Cody or Buddy, and I said if if uh, if Sheldon had the chance, he was about to put. Austin Hill into the catch fence to win that thing, probably <laughs> considering how everything ended last year. And he never really got the chance because uh, they all wrecked behind him. And it was just those two. And it looks like I think I think Sheldon thought the yellow was out and backed it down for a second and ended up falling behind him, which it was crazy. And it'll, it'll intertwine with the 500 that they wrecked on the backstretch there in the Xfinity race, and they raced all the way back around. Like, they never threw the yellow, even though it was just Sheldon. It was just Austin, like, two or three seconds ahead of Sheldon at that point. Like, it wasn't a competitive finish or anything. It was just kind of wild, considering what we experienced a few hours before that they didn't throw the yellow there. But, I mean, we know it's it's two different race directors and series directors. It's not the same people making the decision in, in both of those series, but Nevertheless, it just did seem a little inconsistent to not throw that yellow at that point. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't watching. Asleep. Yeah, I guess you can go back and watch it to see what I'm talking about. But, but yeah, they they wrecked on the back stretch and raced back around. So, well, yeah, I mean, they wrecked on the front stretch in the cup race. Yeah, but I'm I'm not saying they had to race all the way back around, but I guess when we get into the cup race, like my like, and what I tweeted, and I'm not, like, I don't think it was, like, a super bad call or anything. I'm not one of these people who's, like, up in arms about it, thinks it was, like, the worst thing ever. Or like, not at all. Like, I, I was fine with it. But I just, I mean, even if it is, like, let them race to the, you know, the backstretch and then throw the caution on the backstretch. Well, that would be my only quip with that. Yeah, I mean, they had cars coming back into traffic. I think you had to throw it pretty quick there. So. Yeah, no, I'm like I said, I get it. But I, 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 I don't understand like, what, what you're saying is they threw it at the same spot. What do you mean? Like I don't know. You said they threw the caution in the same spot for the Xfinity and the Cup race. No, I didn't. I didn't say it was the same spot. I said it was a similar situation. It wasn't the oh. exact same spot. Okay, I misunderstood you. Like well, there yeah, are cars, ra- like there are cars wrecking both cases. That's my point. I got you. Um. Yeah, we had the 500 on Monday. Um, obviously, hated not being there this year. I mean, I've been the first time since 
2020, I wasn't at the 500, so I did kind of have like the FOMO. I've been able to make it down there the last few years and see the races. So, I mean, obviously, it's a it's an unmatched event. There's there's nothing like it. Um, the the pageantry, the passion around it. I mean, they've packed the place out pretty good for a Monday. I thought it looked pretty packed. Um, on TV and like. It still kind of had the the same aura and, and feeling about it. I mean, shout out to The Rock for sticking around. By the way, I mean he got there Saturday night and he uh, was the Grand Marshal and stuck through Sunday with the uh, the rain and all and stuck it out till till Monday. And I mean that was pretty awesome. A celebrity of his stature, he was just down there hanging out in the pits and signing autographs and doing interviews and taking pictures with people like. He was all about it, and he seemed super enthusiastic about NASCAR. So that's one guy I did want to mention, like maybe a prediction down the road. Could he be the next big celebrity to join Pitbull and Michael Jordan on Pit Road? Uh, owning cars? He seems like he caught the bug for it. So I was talking to one of my other buddies that's a big wrestling fan about that earlier. DJ Khaled said he's going to have a team as well. Did he? Yeah. We the oh, yeah. we the best car, so uh, yeah. Watch out for that. I'll hold my breath. I'll hold my breath for that one. But, but uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, he seems to be into it. The Rock. I mean, he's doing a lot of posting. Uh, probably some some of the most posting I've seen from a Grand Marshal, uh, almost ever. You know, normally it's like you might see something. They post like a picture or something of the video of them saying the anthem, but uh. Or saying the command or whatever, but uh, yeah, they rock. I mean, he, I said, he seems to be into it. Did did some TV hits for Fox, um, Sunday, uh, and yeah, it was. Like I said just definitely seems to be into it. Did a lot of extra posting on his own. So did the media center, like yeah. I, I, mean, I thought it was Grand Marshal stuff, but yeah, no, I mean, I thought uh, he. Uh, I mean, he 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 said what he said about Denny Hamlin though, and I thought that was. Like pretty yeah, interesting exactly. that like he, yeah, he like that he knows enough yeah. about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he was definitely in tune with like what was going on and shit. That was definitely. And especially, especially he like I, I know you're not a wrestling guy, but he just turned heel in WWE again. So it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting to like hear that perspective of him talking about like being the villain again and stuff when he just turned heel again. I was wondering if he was going to show up to like Daytona like in character as a heel. Like, if, if he was going to be going around in, like, the Hollywood Rock costume and everything, that would have been pretty funny. But it seemed like it was more a UFL promotion thing than a WWE promotion thing. So. Yeah, I mean, The Rock knows what he's doing. Uh, it's certainly one of those grand marshals that everybody knows who he is. Um, it's not like a, who, who is this? What do they do? You know, some of these guys you get to come to the to the uh, race as a grand marshal. You don't even know what they do. So it's like hard to put any respect on it. So, but yeah, I mean the Rock. I mean he's been around for forever since the early '90s. He's a legend, football legend at Miami, uh, movie star. I mean, like I said, he's just has his hand in a little bit of everything. So, yeah, it's definitely cool to see and and see his energy. And he was pumped about being there. Love to see it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe we can see him join uh Join Michael Jordan stuff. Like I said, I would not be surprised if he's kind of like the next big celebrity we see get into ownership. Like he has a lot of business ventures, and it seems like it could be something right up his alley. So we shall see on that one. Yes, sir. But 
Um, yeah, we get into the race. Didn't take long for them to tear some stuff up. Uh, Brad had a Brad weekend. I don't much. really put, oh. put that one on Brad. I've put more of that on John Hunter and Emotrek trying to block both lanes. It seemed like the outside lane had kind of committed to, hey, look, we're going forward. You guys can save fuel as much as you want, but we're going to the front. And John Hunter and Emotrek was kind of not sure if he wanted to get in that outside lane or not. And I think that just put him in a bad position for when the big ran big run came because it looked like Ross he got into Brad for a push off of four and then Brad put that push onto the forty two and the forty two just couldn't handle it. So I don't really put it as a bad push on on Brad's part. Uh, I mean obviously he's getting a bad rap of that lately here the past couple years. Um and I mean, yeah, I mean they just had the one on Thursday too. Oh so. well, yeah, again that was a different situation. I mean Kyle Bush could be just as much as blamed for that as as Brad. I mean, it's just a, one of those accordion deals, you know. Um, again, that it had nothing to do with Kyle Busch or Brad Keselowski. It had everything to do with the 24 jumping in front of the line and slowing everything down a bunch. So, I, say, I don't really put it on as bad pushes. It's just as more of ill-timedly takes of those pushes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like I said, uh, it, but Brad, right, you know, Brad, I mean, you're not. Nobody's wrong in saying Brad has definitely gotten a reputation in the past couple of years of causing the big ones. I mean, what was the first year of next gen? He he was part of like three or four wrecks. You know, he you know yeah he, he was a menace. Yeah, so I mean, I said it was. It's it's not like he's not been at fault in some of these, but yeah, I just didn't think he was at super fault this weekend. He was just kind of racing deals all this weekend. Yeah, it's like we used to always say with Chastain, though. It's like once you get that reputation and you find yourself in the middle of it, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. And it just seemed like at that point in the race, like it seemed like John Hunter got knocked out of line and was just trying to get back in line is like when I saw it as. And and it's like at that point in the race on lap six, like I probably let the guy back in line. Like, you know, you know, you can give a little bit, but. I mean, remember he said all them years ago he's not lifting anymore. So that's right. I mean, he has he stuck to his words. <laughs> stuck to his words. Yeah. Man of his words. So he told y'all years ago, y'all just just catching on. But yeah, uh, I I didn't I didn't take too much into it. It's, again, these guys learning the next gen package, uh, new Ford bodies, new Toyota body. You know, just I think it was a learning thing more than any anything else. But. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't take too much stock and sit thinking, like, oh, my God, Brad is out of control. You know, these pushes are too much. He can't. He doesn't even know how to push anymore, old man. You know, get out of here. So, yeah, that's how I saw it. Um, but, yeah, definitely they tore some stuff up, lap six. Um, and that kind of set the stage for the rest of stage one. There's a lot of riding around, fuel saving. And it's interesting because the – Penske cars. And it seemed like everybody could make it except Blaney and Bell, and maybe like one more that stayed out there. Um, and then the Penske cars got got up there to help Blaney, and they all pitted. But Blaney needed more fuel, and they, it was like a mess. Um, but it ended up working out because everybody merged back together. Everybody still had to pit. Um, so I, I know actually they didn't. The Chevys were able to make it. So they went a lap down there. I forgot about that. Yeah, because um, it was like all Chevys finishing up there in yeah. stage one. It was like 
all the Hendrick boys and Chastain and Kyle. Yeah, so I said it was interesting that Team Penske called that strategy way wrong. It seemed like, um, I mean, obviously Blaine, he did what he had to do to get track position. He stayed out. I mean, that was kind of that they had to lay in their bed. But the other Penske cars helping them there and and it not working was just strange. But, yeah, I mean, everybody got back on the lead lap. It was not a non-factor. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Stage one was just really goofy to me how they were riding around so so slow and AJ Allmendinger was out there by himself four seconds faster than the pack. I mean, that's crazy to me. So that was just super interesting. Um, I don't know if that we've ever seen anything like that at Daytona or if we ever will. So, cause after yeah, that, I mean, after I- stage one, the boys definitely pulled the belt site and started racing. So it, it definitely, it was interesting. Stage one was such a setup like that. I don't know. It was, it was odd. There was a lot of negativity out there. I mean, including from drivers fucking bitching about it and everything, which I figured like was gonna come up with us and everything. Because like, I don't, I don't listen to Denny Hamlin's podcast. I'd rather do anything in the world. But Cody sent me something from it earlier when me and him were talking, and like literally like the, or it was like the description for his podcast, and like the first sentence is like. Like this is awful. Like we're we're not racing. What are we doing here, or something like that? And it's like, you know, the drivers can say that, and I get it from their perspective. Even though my only counterpoint to the drivers would be like, well, nobody's telling you you can't got there and prove a point and well, they, they hammer down and lead every lap. They did at one point in stage one there. Larson, yeah, Larson they, did. They, yeah, it was, Especially. it was, it was. I said they were like, look, we're tired of this shit. So, I don't know. It was super weird stage one. But from stage one on, the race was phenomenal. Super racy. Uh, even if they were saving some fuel, it seemed super racy. Um, so, you didn't have a problem with the fuel saving thing? We don't really need I mean, to get I, into that. Like, I, I hate it how how this, how this it's got come to that. But, I mean, it's stupid as shit to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's stupid as shit. But that's just how these races are go now. You know what I mean? I mean, but yeah, when you have when when it got to the point of AJ Allmendinger was four seconds faster as a single car than the pack, I mean that's kind of an issue. That's that's kind of where I drew the line of like this is stupid. This this, this is this is my perspective, and it's it's on that, and and I'll, you know to anybody who was saying negative things about it is that like if you were watching that race. And you didn't have like drivers and people in the industry tell you like, well, they're just saving fuel. You just see you see cars running in a pack, racing the shit out of each other, jockeying for the lead. And it's like, especially if you're like a casual fan too, who's like not as you know tuned into to racing as we are. It's like just take it for what it is. It's like if if it's cars racing in a pack and you know good fight for position and jockeying around to see who's going to lead this thing it's like i just want good racing and i for me personally it's like i don't care if it comes that they're because they're saving fuel or whatever like the alternative is the old style of super speedway racing where they they run in a single file train for you know 75 percent of the race and then decide it's time to go at the end Uh, like i will take this over that any day of the week personally i feel like people have revisionist history and forget you know how much that uh that used to happen so like this is an alternative method of that like if people are saying oh we need to get rid of stage breaks i think if you get rid of stage breaks that's what you're just gonna get people riding around in the train so 
Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with stage race, whatever, but all right, the, there's no need for the pack to be four seconds slower. That's 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 saving too much fuel. I mean, like I said, yeah, yeah, you have the optics of it, of side by side, and, and if they're not saving fuel, I mean, like I said, they can get three wide. But, uh, it, I don't know. It's just interesting how the computers have dominated, gone to dominate the fuel saving of it. And, you know, the calculations of like, okay, here's how much fuel we need. And here's how much time we're going to save. I don't know, it's just how, I, I mean, you're not going to change it. There's no way to really change it. I mean, it's, it's well, yeah, all the, all the, the NASCAR uh, geniuses on Twitter who think they have all the answers say, oh, it's because the stage is like, but no, well, not I mean, really. It, 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 yes and no. I mean, yes, because you know that there's a plan and caution coming at a certain time, but you you know you're still gonna save fuel no matter what because it's like okay, even if we are green flag, we want to be on pit road the least amount of time possible. That's just it's just we've over engineered it to where that's what it's become. You know? Oh yeah. The only, the the only way you get rid of it is if you just have a forty five lap race. You know, I mean, you'll still have yeah. fuel saving. I mean, people are going to save fuel because if you're out front, you're probably not going to be able to make it. So you have a 40 lap race. That's the only way you get rid of it is to have 40 lap race. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just like I said, part of the beast. But like I said, the only problem I have with it is when I said you're going that slow. I mean, like I said, if I can see timing and scoring and see that a single car is going four seconds faster than the guy leading the pack, like something's not right there. You know, at that point, we aren't racing. We're, we're fuel saving. So, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, it didn't really matter once you once you get past that last fuel window. I mean, it's wide open, three wide. So, I mean, they, I said, no, they, actually, they, yeah. They that, race. That, it's just, we, you got to get to that point. Nobody wants to get to that point and have their shit torn up. So, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, it's a different way. Like, the old method of the super speedway racing, like I said, was ride around in single file train for a lot of the race and let's keep it clean. And then like, let's go with 20 to go. And it's like, this is just a different uh, way of getting there than like we have now where now it's like we, we see people jockey for position and stuff, but you know, fuel saving is a big cause of that. But it's like, it's always been this way with super speedway racing. Like very rarely do you actually have a super speedway race where it's just nonstop. Like a lot of times it'll be like if there's a race where there's weather coming, like that Atlanta race last year, that's when you'll see like the craziness and people just going for it the whole race. But, uh, all right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, what what else you got? Anything else? I'm tired of talking about fuel saving. Let's talk about racing. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you. Like I, I didn't have a problem with it. Like I'm, I'm with you. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, so Chase Elliott won stage one. Uh, Ryan Blaney won stage two. Um, uh, those two big call, big things, uh, obviously, who won those? Uh, Kyle Busch drove from the back three times. Um, narrative can't pass in the super speedway package. Uh, I think Kyle Busch single-handedly proved that wrong. In this race, uh, Kyle was driving like a man on a mission there during the race. So he's a big, big story there. I wanted to highlight. Um, yeah, super impressive. Uh, let's see. Hate that that Jimmy 
didn't really have a chance to go for it, that he was hurt in that early wreck. Um, yeah, those are some of the big ones. What else you got? You covered it pretty much. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess we can get to the the big wreck. I mean, once they got three wide and they all started going for it, man, it was it was freaking intense, and and you knew it was coming. You knew, like you knew they were gonna it, like it was inevitably coming. It, it's it's always gonna happen. And uh, I mean, Kyle Busch bailed out of the pack from from my perspective. I saw people wondering what happened to him. It looked like Kyle bailed out of the pack because a few laps before that, because he knew it was coming because he was up front and he dropped to the back. And I think that was a strategic move. I mean, I guess it worked out for him. He didn't get wrecked. He didn't get a great finish out of it either. But I mean, it seemed to me like he knew it was coming. And any of us who have watched these, uh, watched these races before knew it was coming too. I mean, yeah, you knew it, was, it had to be coming. I mean, when they were three wide for 10 laps, you knew, Eventually, it was going to go sideways. And, yeah, it was what, nine laps to go. So, yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't put any anybody at fault. It's just nine laps to go in the biggest race of the year. Every, you're going to do everything you can do. Push as hard as you can push. And, you know, it's just one little mistake by by anybody. You know, if the car in front, the car behind, and it just goes goes awry. So, yeah, I mean, again, you didn't. You saw not much frustration from drivers because they just know that's how it goes. I mean, like I said at nine nine laps to go, it's go time. Uh, I mean, obviously, Kyle Busch read it differently. I mean, and it's all where you where you were in position after that final fuel stop. Kyle didn't really have the track position at that point. Uh, the Chevys kind of got leapfrogged by the Fords there, so he just saw that. It was getting racy. He was like, hey, I'm just going to back out of this thing. This is our shot. If we, you know, we're not going to work our way up through there. It's already junked up enough that, you know, that we're not going to get up there. So we just got to bide our time here and hope they wreck. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they did wreck. And I'll say, a, 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 I mean, a big, like, what led to it, and I'm not blaming Ross by any means at all, actually. Like, I don't think he did anything wrong, but – he made a, he made a hell of a move and super aggressive, but like what he had to do, like when the Fords were catching them and he was leading that Chevy pack, he did a fucking awesome job, like getting out front and keeping that lead when they were a lot faster than him. Like he was super aggressive and, and kept it out front. And I know Joey was bitching about it after the race, but I don't really care if Joey's bitching about it. Like, cause he would have done the exact same thing if he was in that situation and, I thought Ross made a hell of a move to to keep it up there, like he did when when those Fords were catching them. Like it was super aggressive, and he put it out there and made it stick, and was able to to really get control of the race there during that last run. Yep. Obviously, William um, Byron with the win. Um, anything else you got from this race? Um. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of. Shitty. I mean, I guess it wasn't really Byron's fault in that last wreck, but somewhat at fault, kind of like where it all started, and he ends up winning the race. Winning the race. So I know there are a lot of people that were probably unhappy with that, um, driver wise. That I mean, probably looking at that might have seen him as as being at fault there, and then he goes on to win the race. So I'm sure for a lot of those guys, that was probably no good for them, but. I mean, yeah, that it, it sucks. It feels like we got robbed of a, a classic finish for sure. Obviously, we already talked about the, 
the caution deal a little bit. But I mean, I mean, I I'm I'm not mad about it or anything. It's, it's not, it's not always gonna be a photo finish at the line. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they wreck. I mean, so I saw a dumb tweet that's like, yeah, we gotta do something about these wrecks and flitters. And I mean, like, fucking most iconic Daytona 500 of all time was Dale Earnhardt saving fuel and crossing the caution flag to win it. I mean, so like, yeah, like you say, it's not always gonna be the iconic finish. Sucks. It's kind of two straight years with the biggest race of the year with the most eyes on it. Everybody's got an opinion. And most of them fucking yeah. All right, let's get into some picks. It's getting late here. For um, week. what you got? Anything else? Well, I just want to say. I, I mean, I just wanted to say, like, and I want to say a little something about Byron too. But um, yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I, I I would say different, and like I said, I I don't really have a problem with it. It's just like if there was anything, it's like if they do wreck at the flag stand, unless somebody. Flipped up into the catch fence or something like, but that's you know, that's, maybe let him race the back stretch. I mean, when Cendric spins to the inside and comes back up the racetrack, we're about to have a Ryan Newman situation all over again. Yeah. So I mean, you got to. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, you I'm got, just saying, you gotta have the... guys start to slow down, especially coming to the start finish line. Like I said, that's when guys are. Wide ass open, and as the one kid said in the Arca race, not lifting to see so God or a checkered flag. Oh my so, God! Yeah, that was the quote of the weekend. By the way, you're either going to see God or hopefully a yellow flag, you know, and slow down and not hit anything. So that's that's where I, I mean, that's what NASCAR said. I'm I'm with it 100, percent dude. You gotta as soon as they come sliding back up the racetrack, you gotta throw the caution. Oh, and another thing I, I ask you, I think we're both probably on the did. People are mad about they didn't think Byron was ahead and all, but when NASCAR literally posts like, "This is the fucking picture we use to determine the winner," and you can see the yeah, light on, I mean, and you can see William Byron ahead. I don't know what the controversy is. Because you could manufacture any picture you want at any time. You know what I'm saying? How so, I mean, you think it was a fake picture? Like, I'm not like, saying it is. I'm just saying you could manufacture a picture. Show me video proof of when the light came on and who was ahead. You know what I mean? I, don't just show me a picture. Two hours after the fact, I want Fox on the broadcast to be like, "Okay, here's the time of the caution, and here is who is in front at the time." You know, what I'm, I'm not saying they got it yeah, wrong. I mean, I'm just saying that's what I want from it. We it's just like, yeah, you can you can take a, a picture or video and time it like however you want, and be like, "Oh, like like you remember the the junior really Logano finished video, it." That's, that's what I'm saying. You can't really time a video. You know what I'm saying? If, if you know, if NASCAR wanted to fake it at any time, it would have been then when Dale Jr. versus Logano. You know what I mean? And yeah, they stuck around on NBC to show the timing of it. Of here's was the caution, and here's how far ahead Logano was by a bumper. You know, so it was. I'm not. I mean, it was, the same, it was it the same deal. It was the same deal with the 500 finish last year. Remember, Logano yeah. had pulled ahead and of Stenhouse, but year we got video proof of like. Here's here's where they determined the time of caution, and here's where the cars were on track. So that's all I wanted yeah. from it. I'm I'm, I'm saying I'm not saying NASCAR got it wrong, and I'm glad they showed the picture. The picture was very helpful, but I would like the video. You know what I'm saying, and then the picture, and then, you know. What I'm yeah, saying? I, I hear you. That's all. I I, you. I'm, I'm just saying you. you could easily manufacture a picture. Say, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Here's our winner. Let's just you know hush hush. 
Sorry, shut the fuck up, Alex Bowman. You know what I mean? We yeah, we, we want the damn twenty four in victory lane. So <laughs> when Alex Bowman himself is like, yeah, he was ahead of me. I, yeah, again, it's not. Dish. I'm just saying that, that I think we could give proof in a better manner than the way that they handled it yesterday. Yeah, I hear you. But, but congrats to Byron, though. Like, for sure. definitely one of the one of the future. It, well, now stars of NASCAR, but definitely gonna be like one of the faces of the sport going forward. I mean, twenty six years old, had an amazing year last year. Won what six races, seven races, almost won the championship. Well, love, so. love the series and wins. Yeah, so I mean, it backs it up. Wins Daytona five hundred, like one of the most iconic numbers in the sport. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good winner for the sport. And that, that NASCAR is a guy like William Byron. I mean, anytime you get a guy like that winning your biggest race, I mean, it's it's good for the sport. And he's going to continue to, you know, the more he, he wins big races and racks up wins, he's going to become one of those top guys to the extent he's not already. And I, I just mean that as far as, like, fan base and stuff, like, He's going to continue to get more and more popular and have more and more of a contingency of fans. So, shout out to him. That's huge for him. Hendrick ties the most Daytona 500 wins for a team with Petty Enterprises at nine. So On their 40th anniversary. Yep. That's why that yep. was on the card yep. yesterday, folks. If you, if you were paying attention, we had that, uh, had that Hendrick yeah, I was all- win and – yeah, uh, I was all in on the Toyota. I was all in on the Toyotas. They pretty much all got wiped out in that wreck. To me, NASCAR is uh, always about them storylines. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, was like, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta go with it." Yeah, after after the duels, I was all Toyota, and I got like I said, I think pretty much every fucking Toyota besides Christopher Bell got taken out in that uh, that the big one. So. That pretty much ended my my uh, betting day. Oh, and I had the Harrison Burton ever Justin Haley matchup, which which is just hilarious luck. Yep. <laughs> but that's how it goes, and we will probably make probably lose more money this weekend because we are going to Atona. Yep, Atlanta. All right, let's get some picks Atlanta. in. We got three three races to pick here. Uh, do you want to lead us off with trucks, or you want me to lead us off? Uh, I'm pulling up FanDuel real quick, seeing if they have any odds up. I've already got odds on Caesar, so. All right. Give, yeah, I'll lead us off. Give me Corey Hine plus 800 to win the truck race. All right. Um, fuck it. I don't have it up. Hold on. Let me see if it's on here. All right. Give me Kyle fucking Bush. All right. Kyle Bush is like plus – yeah, plus three hundred for the truck race. Yeah, you're gonna have to give me odds, by the way, because I had to see NASCAR championship here on Fanduel. Kyle Busch plus three hundred. I don't, I don't like the juice. It's not worth the squeeze in a Spire truck to me. But uh, all right, who I'm, you, I'm with you there. Yeah, I mean, I, you're just going for KFB for the sake of it. Not not yeah. really. Not not a yeah, not I'm a lock pick. We'll uh don't don't listen. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna I'm probably not gonna be slapping any money on it. I'm I'm very surprised Kyle's running this race, by the way. I thought he was 
I thought he's very anti-speedway racing. All right. So, uh, who you got in the Xfinity? You know who I fucking got? He's probably like minus 200 at this point, but it's Austin fucking Hill. How can you pick against him? It's like... It's, it's true. Uh, plus 300. Um, I'd, I'd still take it. I mean, I'd literally. I mean, I put I, it. I, I was at three, three something last night, and I took it. So, yeah. I yeah, mean, I think I had three thirty. Yeah, I mean, I probably will get in. Uh, I mean, I might wait. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It might drop if he has a bad qualifying or practice or something. Uh, yeah, but it's like so. I'll take the, I'll take that price though. I mean, but yeah, three hundred. I would. I'd probably play. At 300 and probably no less than 300 though. Um, but give me another good drafter. Give me AJ Allmendinger at plus 950. All right. Yeah, I like that. He's done a good job here. All this one here in Cup last July. Remember, he was up there leading that race for a while. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and Cup Series. And weather looks great this weekend, by the way. It's supposed to be like in the 70s at Atlanta. So, super nice weather for anybody going, hopefully. Um, God, last last March it was give fucking me, miserable. Give me Brad Keselowski, bad Brad, plus one thousand burger. Oh, you took my pick, son of a bitch. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have him in the the pick him league. I mean, I already locked him in today as my Atlanta pick. He's been banging the door down for a win in general, but especially at Atlanta, probably should have won here last March and had a chance to win again in July if that rain doesn't come. So yeah, that's a great pick. Um, as far as who I'll go with, though, give me, give me Chase Elliott. Mm, I hometown love boy. I, I was honestly looking at it. I think that's a great pick. Uh, I mean, he yeah. won this race in the fall of two years ago. Uh, obviously, I don't think race in the spring race after he got hurt. Um, and then. Yeah, I don't really know what he did in the summer race last year. But, no, I think that's a great pick. The team is due. He ran really well this past weekend at Daytona till late. It looked like a flat tire, which ended up costing Kyle Busch as well a uh, shot at, at the win. Um, it looked like Chase had that damage from the first wreck and then got a bit of more damage. But, yeah, I love that pick. Chase Elliott plus 1,200 to win this weekend. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, yeah. who Who's the favorite, by the way? Uh, Ryan Blaney, I believe. Sorry, I closed it out. Let me confirm that. Might as well Ryan, keep it open. Ryan Blaney plus nine hundred. Yeah, they don't have top ten, so we'll have to go with like top five. Odd. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you can just tell me who has some. I'll give a name, and they have some long odds. Then uh, play them. Yeah, I, I know you made me give mine. I got mine. Yeah, who you got? Top 10, give me Noah Gregson. I like that. I like Dude, he did a great job in Daytona. What yeah, he, I think he finished, yeah, think he finished 10th. Yeah, maybe, maybe right there in that ballpark, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, but that's plus 600 for top five. Uh, I'm sure that maybe around probably 300 for a top 10. Uh, so, yeah, top 10 sleeper, give me Noah Gregson. Who you got? Led some of the, led some of the duel, too. Yep, he's definitely a good plate um, racer. Kid knows how to plate race, so uh, yeah, I expect expect him to be fast. I think this weekend. All right, um, 
I don't know with how long these odds will be, but I mean, I think he's, I mean, he won here in Xfinity, did a great job all weekend in Daytona. Uh, give me John Hunter Neiman check. Uh, that's again plus 600, so I'll, I'll allow it. There we go. Again, I'll, again, I'll give out one more here. Um, as super, you said that's 600 for a top five. Yeah, those top five odds. Okay. Um, I'll throw out one more Justin Haley in a Rick Ware car this weekend, I think, uh, is another solid sleeper for a top 10. That right now for a top five is plus 700. So, again, I think we'd get pretty good odds for a top 10 when those drop later this week. Uh, yeah, even longer if I can give one more as well. Uh, I gave him out for Daytona and he ran up front a lot, actually, did a pretty got up there a strategy, but kept it up front and uh, it was a really good track for him in Xfinity. Finished second here a couple times in Xfinity. The college cars are obviously strong here. We saw AJ lead a lot of laps last July. Uh, Daniel Hemrick, um, tell me what those odds are. That's, but he was way down there for plus, Daytona, man. I was, plus 700. So we just gave out a plus 600, plus 700 for top five guys. So those should be a long shot top tens for, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was he was mixing it up front at Daytona. So I think he, he'd definitely be a, a good dart throw for a top ten. All right, now two sprint cars for the weekend. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Forgot we have high limits to pick. Whoops. Thursday, give me Thursday. I got Kyle Larson. That hopefully he's racing. Yeah, I imagine he will be because Cups are down there in Georgia. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm gonna pick against him. We just had him on earlier. Give me Justin. All right, that's so. I'm saving him for Saturday. Unless you double down, I right. guess potentially double down. But go ahead. You got Friday. There's oh, no okay, Friday I'm show. Friday. There's no Friday show for the sprint oh, okay. cars. So it's just Thursday and Saturday. Yeah, and then late models are Friday. I think. I think that. Oh, okay. I think that's what the show is. I could gotcha. be wrong, but that's right. not, that's how I read it. Saturday, I will go with Rico Abreu. Oh, I like that, Rico. Rico. Uh. I'm not going to be cheesy. Obviously, we're going to be pulling for Justin Peck. But give me Brad Sweet, the the owner himself, to get the dub, uh, get this season rolling for them. So, all right. Sweet. Got a lineup card here set. Um, yeah, anything else before we get out of here? Nah, man. Uh, good show. Um, I can't believe my fucking news. shit didn't drop anymore. After the technical difficulties during Justin Peck interview, yeah, now we held up good here. Um, trying to think if there was any any anything newsy to bring up this week or not. I don't think so. It's only so. Tuesday. And it's like really like a Monday, so not yet. Give it. Yeah, we'll have we'll we'll have some probably news and notes next week. Oh, oh, I I knew there was something I wanted to uh, real quick. Uh, I'm like, you don't even have to say it, like. The, the the charter deal, just something to keep an eye on. It's it's getting pretty hairy. I was listening to Gordon on the Dale Jr. download last week, and Gordon's not a vocal guy, so you know when Jeff Gordon's speaking up and speaking out that it's uh it's getting real because Jeff is definitely not the the most out there guy, and he was uh didn't seem too pleased with how things are going. And then I guess they tried to have a meeting with NASCAR on Saturday night. And, NASCAR just didn't show up, so that whole deal's getting pretty interesting. Yeah, we'll have to see. All right, that's all we got. All right, man, we'll see you next. See you next week. Later.